there, and welcome to another edition of the 1% Better Podcast with your host, Rob O'Donoghue. Hey ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the 1% Better Podcast with me, Rob O'Donoghue. In this show, I talk with Maeve Ahern O'Neill, who is a personal branding expert and runs her own business called The Branding of Me. She is a Corconian. And during the hour-long uh, conversation, we talk about her early years in Cork, having run-ins with the nuns in the convent she went to secondary school in, how it knocked her confidence. We also talk about her move to Dublin, working in RTE, getting advice from Gay Byrne, and being a runner with Teresa Lowe on Where in the World. Uh, we also then talk about her moving back to Cork, working in her father's business, so ultimately running that for a number of years before she decided to do a master's in digital humanities. And from there, she developed a passion for branding and set up her own company. So over the course of the hour, Maeve shares lots of really good stories, life lessons, tips and tricks that you can apply to help you make yourself that 1% better. Some of the key things I took away was uh, it was very clear that Maeve had a and has a very strong work ethic. Her responses to knockbacks uh, has always been positive. That's a really good learning. One thing that stuck out was her passion to continually upskill and develop yourself, even in some instances where work that you're in may not sponsor or pay for that. Don't let that hold you back. Something that never stopped her from continually learning. Another area we talked about was networking. Uh, and how important it is for your own personal brand. Even if it's not something you're comfortable with, it's something you need to really try and do. And then when you do, you might find that it's actually not as daunting or uncomfortable as you may think, as was the case for Maeve. We talk about her passion, her ability to be optimistic, to never give up, and don't expect too much too soon, as she's talked about relating to her business. We talk about work-life balance, how to be more productive, and we even get into a little side conversation about the Spice Girls, where I mention a past love for Victoria Beckham. But as I said, that's in the past. So without much further ado, I'll leave it there. I look forward to hearing your feedback and please enjoy the show. Thank you. Welcome to another edition of the 1% Better podcast. Uh, it's Rob O'Donoghue here. I'm here with Maeve Ahern O'Neill. Maeve, welcome. Thank you. Welcome to uh, my Rob of the Green Studios, aka my kitchen. It's at the fabulous, moment. fabulous. Yeah, starting as I mean to go on, obviously, with uh, with <laughs> the surroundings. Um, so thanks for, for coming here today. Just maybe give yourself a, a little bit of an introduction before we get into our... 1% better learnings. Okay. Um, hello, everybody. My name is Maeve Hearn O'Neill. Um, I have recently set up a business called The Branding of Me. Uh, what I actually do is I help people enhance their online persona by developing and managing a brand. Very good. And selfishly, I'm looking forward to help, you know, helping myself manage my online persona out of this. But good, uh, and I'll be watching. Yes. Um, so we will definitely get into more about that probably later on but Lovely. um as is the tradition so far it's kind of good to cast the mind back and where you know we talk about where you where you came from early years what you were you know your aspirations were when you were growing up 
of where you were growing up. I presume it's here in Cork, but yes. yeah, I'll let you bring us down memory lane there, maybe. Okay, uh, I am a Cork girl. You can probably hear from the accent, which I'm very proud of. Mm-hmm. Um, I grew up in Ballinlock, so just around the corner, so mm-hmm. I didn't move very, very far away. Um, went to uh, the Ursuline Convent in Black Rock, so I'm a convent girl, but had the run in with the nuns. Right. So was taken out for a leaving cert, and my father sent me to Bruce College. Now hold in on town. a sec, there. This run in <laughs> sounds a bit too. Uh, you're passing over that very, very smoothly. I am. There, so. I am. Um, well, I didn't like the way the nuns kept on picking on me. I did right. nothing wrong, so oh, right. I stood up for myself, right. and uh, I was very proud that I stood up for myself, but okay. unfortunately I opened a can of worms and made life very difficult. Okay. So, um, And what way were they potentially picking on you? Like you got to leave in certain year, or did, what year was that? When, when um, fifth year is when I okay. lost it. Right. <laughs> when, when I you, lost when you the took, cool. took control, basically. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah, yeah. You know, the thing about going to an all-girls Catholic school, you're either sporty or you're very academic. Okay. If you're in between, like I was, right. they didn't really care that much. Okay. I felt, that's what I'm saying from my own personal um, experiences. Right. So um, I loved writing stories okay. and I was very creative. You know, it's all... Non, yeah, fiction, very, very creative fictional stories that the nuns obviously didn't understand. Mm-hmm. So I, I can still picture it. I was, I questioned a grade that I got in an English paper. Right. And then she said, Maeve, you're never going to be a writer. Wow. Talk so, about putting the gauntlet down to you there. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. She said, you know, stick to, stick to your art, stick to something that doesn't, um, that you don't have to use too many brain cells. Right. Yeah, lovely. So yeah, so that really kind of hit hard with me, mm-hmm. and it did. So I did. I kind of lost my cool, and my dad knew that it wasn't the place for me. Mm-hmm. So Bruce College had just kind of opened at the time, you know, and all the leaving cert students were doing very well okay. coming out of there. So dad thought it'd be a good idea to send me there. But to be quite honest, it was too late at that stage. My confidence was shot, mm. and um, kind of said, "Erosha, what's the point? I'm hopeless." Well. You know, hmm. that was it. It was just one nun inside in the convent, you know, but to I tear that you down. was probably the breaking point. Obviously, there must have been build up to that over a few years in there that you were It getting. was, it was, because I was always, a, you know, a bright student. Mm-hmm. In primary school, I used to do very well, you know, and then kind of come second year in school, it did start. It was kind of, you know, why bother? Right. You know, don't even bother. Okay. You know, um, had your brothers and sisters? In I had one. Or? I have one older brother. Okay, so yeah. He obviously didn't go there, so <laughs> no, a, no. Yeah. He he went to Christians, okay. so he did. He did well. He, he didn't did well. experience the same sort of stuff there. All right. No, he okay. didn't. No. But look, I guess when you look back, maybe it was a turning point. You know, there, it was, it? and kind of looking back now, and with my own kids as well, I'm able to encourage them as much as I can, so they won't fall into those kind of you know pitfalls when they when they go to secondary school. Hmm. That if somebody ever tells you that you can't do something, just go and prove them wrong. Hmm. And that's kind of, I suppose, where I am today then. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. It's a good a good learning. So yep. as you were growing up through those those years, yep. did you have a clear idea of what you wanted to be when mm. when you came out of there? Or? No. Not at all? No, because I thought I was hopeless. Oh, God. Yeah, right. thought I was hopeless, but I still liked writing. And had the career guidance much in there? She was the a nun. 
Yeah, exactly. But I would still write at home and I would still love to draw. So in a way, I actually then had an interest in computers and graphic design. And there was an awful lot of change kind of coming in the early 90s, late 80s, early 90s mm. with, you know, the combination of the two and how graphic design was using computer programs. So I was always very interested. But basically, I was kind of, well, why would a girl want to know about that? Mm. Okay. Yeah. Having a bit of internal debate going on there. Absolutely. Right. You know, so I thought anything that I wanted to do wasn't, the door wasn't open to me. It was well shut unless you were, you know, a boy. Right. <laughs> that's, you know, that's okay. the way. This is, you know, yeah, early 90s, right. 92, 93. Mentality around then was probably it was. certainly a lot different to now. It was. Mm. Uh, yeah, it was. It was. And and my dad, you know, he was very good with business and he set up his own company himself. So he felt that business would be the way to go for me, and he had he had a long term plan, and 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 that was fine. But okay. I followed, I followed what he said. Right. So, um, yeah. So leaving cert came, mm-hmm. um, even though I had put law and computer science on the top two right. of the CAO. Of yeah, 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 yeah. So it was law because I wanted to be Matlock as well. Okay. <laughs> um, so law computer science and you know they always tell you in your CAO fill it all out mm-hmm. fill it all out in the degrees fill it all out for the diplomas yeah. so I did and kind of after I'd say the first top five it was kind of drop a pin on whichever course is there because mm-hmm. I really didn't know Yeah. Um, I was un- very unsure of who I was and kind yeah. of what I wanted to do what I, what I wanted to be and mm. So the day the leaving search results came, it would go all the way down the um, degree list, nothing there, right. all the way down the diploma list until the fourth or fifth last one, which was Aqua Marine Science in Tralee. Okay. I think I heard of that one. Before <laughs> as well, so, uh... Yeah, but I was happy I got offered something. Right. <laughs> but obviously... That wasn't for me. That was one where the pin dropped. Right, right, right. Okay. So uh, my dad sent me off to, uh, it's gone now, but it was called Sight and Sound College for Secretarial Skills. Right. And I loved it. Here in Cork? Yes. It was in Pembroke Street. And I actually loved it. It was great. You'd go in every day and learn your typing and shorthand. Now, shorthand really stood to me for journalism Mm -hmm. as well. So, yeah, I did. I loved secretarial skills. But then what happened was that my dad saw um, an ad on the paper um, for training in uh, media and journalism in RTE in Dublin. Wow. And it was one or two days a week. Um, so myself and my brother did that. Because my brother loved film. He was very mm. creative, you know. Um, so we would get on the train every Sunday night and head up to um, RTE in Donnybrook. Right. And we would have our media training in the morning. So we would go to the training studios down at the back of RTE. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm saying yes, but I have no idea. Yeah, it, it's there, still so. there. It's actually, you yeah. go past the Fair City set and you turn to the okay, left. Right. <laughs> but at the time, that was the Glen Rose set. Oh, right. And you go to the left. Things have changed. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. But it has, because it was the big, clunky, clunky beta cameras. Mm. It was the big, you know, the boards, the computers weren't there. Yeah. But we learned everything from lighting to writing scripts Brilliant. to makeup. Um, to acting, to interviewing, and it was wonderful. So practical, like? It was. It was absolutely fabulous. We'd have some of the classes actually in UCD and then go over then to RTE then for the 
training part right. and we all got um, work placement. Mm. I was sent to work with Teresa Lowe on Where in the World. Right. So from Monday to Wednesday, we would um, record, I'd say, five or six shows a day. That's how they did it, is it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you'd pack it in. So it wasn't live on a Sunday night? No, no? my well, God. God. That wasn't digital was in those live. days. You'd actually have to splice <laughs> actual tape. Oh, right. um, but it was wonderful. Yeah. It was uh, It was in the same studio that the Late Late shows in, so mm. Studio 4, which is uh, one of the biggest ones. Was there an audience at this as well? There or? was. Okay. There was. So I was the runner, so basically I would do basically everything, right. which was great. And that was a great way of learning mm. exactly how things were done. Yeah. Um, it's funny just on that, right? So when, when I went to college in DCU and tried to go yeah. down that communications route, yeah. it was a mix of theory and practical, but... Mm. The whole idea or opportunity of going into a more hands-on course that, mm. you know, necessarily you didn't maybe need to have scored 500 plus points yeah. in your leaving cert yeah. wasn't something that maybe was that obvious or made aware of. Like, yeah. so it was brilliant that your your dad spotted that. It was. He knew it would suit me well and my yeah. brother as well. So yeah, it was yeah. great that we were together as well in, in doing that. Mm. Uh, and it opened up my eyes to a world that was closed to me before. So that was actually two years part-time. So I was studying my secretarial course Mm -hmm. and then I was studying my media at the same time. So I had two things on the go. So, um, and obviously it was very much in down the creative realm. It was absolutely hoping to go. Absolutely. So, yeah. So when that was finished, um, I decided that I still wanted to be quite, you know, in a creative line of work. Mm-hmm. So I went to Dublin and studied marketing. Right. So I waited until I was 23 years old, a mature student. I use that term mature very loosely. Mm-hmm. Um, and mature by age. <laughs> yes. So that's the recommended age. So, um, because I was gaining a little bit of confidence and I got that from RTE, yeah. which was great. And so I said... hanging around with Irish celebrities, like it bound to give you oh, I don't know, boost, how, you know I don't know how celebrities were now in those days but anyway but um in saying that actually one person did give me absolutely amazing advice and that was Gay Byrne okay and Gay he to me he is like Uncle Gay right and um he he is wonderful and he just said never ever let anybody close the door on you mm-hmm. never if somebody says no to you work harder mm-hmm. just you know go for the dream Keep going. Great, yeah. And because that's exactly what he did in the background that he was from, yeah. uh, which was very similar to my own dad, who's from the north side of Cork and, and kind of made it. Um, he did well for himself as well. And, and Gay Byrne was very similar right. in that background. So, cool. yeah, just keep, keep keep believing in yourself. Yeah, yeah, and obviously when you hear from somebody that yeah. has walked the line there. Absolutely. You, it sticks, you know. Yeah, so. yeah. So, um, so I went off to Dublin, packed the bags. I know it wasn't moving very far away from Cork, but I think I needed to be independent, do something for myself. So Mm. I went off to Dublin and studied marketing in what was Portobello College on the Keys, um, next to the Portobello Bar and down the road from the barge. (laughs) It's like two bars there you mentioned, okay. So did I get a sense that you might have got to know those places quite well? Oh yeah, they knew me very well. Um, but I was, I was, you know, I was out on my own. I was doing my own thing, Free and, and just absolutely. And I was just twenty three, and I was out of the house. Yeah. Um, so it was a wonderful experience, and the way they taught marketing, and and we actually did a bit of employment law as well, which I always had an interest in. Mm-hmm. Um, 
was just it was so easy for me to understand in I don't know it was the way that they gave us assignments I'm not good at testing I'm not good at sitting down and writing a three-hour test yeah but doing projects and you know kind of creative things and and I was learning how to use the computer and Photoshop and all those mm-hmm. kind of things as well at the time that it suited me very well very practical stuff. very yeah. practical and I realized that I actually wasn't as stupid as the nuns thought I was mm. That I actually had a brain. Right. That was firing nuance again. Right. You know, yeah, so, yeah, yeah it, I found my niche. I found something cool. that I could work on. And I found that I was a lot better than I thought I was. Yeah, and then that just breeds confidence and you start That's to what it is. flourish yeah. and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Cool. exactly, exactly. So, um, very happy there. I did very well. I was there for two years because I got an exemption from... Um, because I had a diploma in media studies, I got an exemption from year one. Okay. So I did two years there. I loved it, made some great friends mm-hmm. and um, loved Dublin. Right. You know, Dublin is, is so what different from Cork. This, this was in or? 97 to 99. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so loved Celtic it. Celtic Tiger was beginning to. Well, it was, grow it was absolutely. There. But I always worked for my dad, kind of part time as okay. well, um, like before. Like when I finished the media studies and before I went to Dublin, I worked for dad for about six months. Your dad's business what, was... What, yeah, I was just about to say, yeah. what we did was actually sell books to schools and libraries. Okay. So we, he started off, my dad was a primary school teacher. Right. Left that to sell world book encyclopedias. Mm-hmm. Have them um, at home in Longford, I think. You probably do. Yeah. I could probably tell you who sold them to. Maybe. <laughs> um... So I would do an awful lot of the admin work there for him. Right. And um, because dad was very good, I went to, you know, Portobello College was a private college. Sure. So we were lucky that we could pay for that. My yeah. brother actually went to Lincoln at the same time. So dad was paying for John being in Lincoln and me up in Dublin. Right. So I felt it was quite unfair that dad was going to pay my rent for two years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I used to actually come back to Cork every weekend and do all of the invoices, do all of the labels, mm. do all the stuff that he couldn't do on his own to pay for my rent. I thought it was only fair. That's good. So you you had a work ethic anyway there as well. I did. I I don't like taking anything for free. You know, in that kind of, I think everybody um, needs to pay their way. Mm -hmm. And it's a good way to, um, you know, get ahead because you're driven then a little bit more, I think. Yeah. Um, Just on that note, I've given you coffee and some biscuits for this interview. Yes, yes, thank you. Perfect. Okay, Okay, great. Perfect, thank you. too bad if I didn't for free there. (laughs) Um, no, <laughs> no, but I think it's, it's, you know, just to have a good work ethic, mm-hmm. you know, and um, I think it's very important to, for, for me telling my children as well, the story that it's, it's good, yeah. you know, to, to work mm-hmm. and earn your keep. And um, so, yeah, so I came home every weekend, but loved Dublin. So when college had finished, I started to look for work. Mm-hmm. And there wasn't that many people with email in those days. Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, for me, I didn't really, and I wasn't quite sure, kind of, well, apart from the college one. Yeah. But in those days, and it's making me sound very old, now that I think about it and say it that way, I sound like my mother. It's not that long ago. No, it's not, but things have changed an awful lot since then now, in fairness. But I printed out, I got the yellow pages, and I looked up every single marketing company in Dublin. Right. And I typed them all out in a, in a, on an Excel sheet and printed out labels. So did a mail merge, okay. sent a cover note and a CV to every single one of them. So I think there was about 200 mm-hmm. and posted them all out. Cool. I got four interviews and got offered the four jobs. Great. And that was two weeks after I finished college. That's proactive. Yeah. 
Um, and it was, it was wonderful. It, it really was. Hmm. Um, and was there, was there companies in Cork? Had you designed? There wasn't really anybody there, in Cork. To, to be honest, the only ones in Cork was kind of Southern advertising. Okay. You know, there wasn't that many in Cork at the time, but mm. I knew I kind of had to stay in Dublin. Right. Uh, Cork at the time and still quite is when it comes to marketing is quite closed. Yeah. Um, and Cork being as wonderful as it is, it's who you know, mm-hmm. unfortunately. Right. You know, it's still like that, but it was very, very much like that. Right. Um, so what I had intended to do was kind of um, learn a bit in Dublin and then move home. Okay. So I got, I took the job with a media planning company. They were based out in Donnybrook. I realized I actually took the wrong job. Mm. It wasn't as creative as I thought it was going to be. It was more selling. Right. Um, it was media planning. Okay. There was nothing creative about it, mm. um, which was unfortunate. So, but I still, I, I figured I'll keep plowing keep on. So, like, how quickly did you realize that? Um, I'd say within the first month. Okay. But I said, look, it's only a month. I'm going to keep going. Mm. But what happened was that my dad had, um, had taken ill. Right. And dad was running the business on his own. Mm-hmm. So it was looked upon me to come and run the business while my dad felt it better. Right. Um, my dad is a very proud man. He would never say that he would need help, but I knew he did. Okay. So I, after, I think it was two months. Yeah, it was the end of August, start of September. I went, I'll never forget it. I had to go in to um, my manager in all Ireland media and say, my dad is taken ill. I actually have to go back right. to Cork. Okay. And he said, look, he was very nice. He said, we can hold, you know, go home for a while, get it sorted, come back. I said, no, unfortunately, I think I have to go home and run it. Right. Um, and he didn't take it very nicely. No, I don't, no, I, I don't blame him. Mm-hmm. I don't blame him. But I remember he turned to me then and said, you know, you'll never work in advertising again. So that oh. was kind of another knock. Jeez. Yeah, it it's was. a bit harsh. Like, but I let him down and I understand yeah. that I let him down. And yeah, it was a bit harsh. Well, but you let him he down, had but a the point. circumstances were not really in your control. They weren't like. really. They weren't really. And um, I actually stayed an extra month until they found somebody else as okay. well. Right. So I was commuting a lot from Dublin to Cork. Mm-hmm. Um, so came home and ended up working for Dad for 11 years. Okay. And at that stage, you were obviously only in the job a couple of months. Yeah. You were looking to try and build your career. I was. Had... Had the idea of starting your own business or running your own business been something with Never, you? Never, because I figured that the company Global Learning, which was our business with Dad, would be mine. Okay. Um, that was the idea at the time. Right. So I came down and um, along with all the admin stuff, started to um, uh, dabble in the marketing and PR side of it and communication side, mm-hmm. So, which was great. So I had... A, best of both worlds so I was dealing with all the uh, English publishers that we had on our line and they would send me to the libraries and they would you know um, ask for for help with promoting any titles within Mm. the libraries and the schools and stuff so I did love it it was great we had an office a warehouse down in Carrick Tool Um, so it worked out very very well and I was able to work from home or work down there you know yeah. I suppose that is the good thing about working for a family is that it can be flexible once yeah. you get the work done sure. um, so I was happy in my own little comfort bubble right. and I knew things were changing what um, the way we had operated is that we had 10 reps around the Republic of Ireland 
calling to both primary schools, secondary schools and libraries. Mm -hmm. So I was also responsible for them and giving them uh, motivation and targets and goals and stuff. So you were essentially managing a team? I was. I was. It was great. And I was traveling around then. Yeah, yeah. Um, But they were all of retirement age. So we had ex-teachers, ex-insurance brokers, um, an ex-guard, I think, at one point. So they were commission only. Okay. It was We were very lucky to have them. So whatever they sold, is they'd get their commission on. Yeah, and yeah. we gave them bonuses. And right. But they had their own car, paid for their own petrol, okay. which is unheard of today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I knew that wasn't going to last. That's not a sustainable model. No, it's not. And right? I knew, yeah, I knew it wasn't going to last. So... I said to my father, I said, Dad, we have to look about online. Mm -hmm. You know, we need to get an online store up and running. And um, this, I suppose, was about 2001, 2002. And it was a very expensive process at the time. Mm. You'd actually have to go to a company and get them to develop it, it, you know. It was. So when Dad heard the, the price of it, he felt it wasn't feasible. Right. But I knew it was an investment. Yeah. So I'd harped on about it for many years, but it still was a no-go. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, the recession hit. Right. The lads wanted to retire um, and just the bottom fell out of everything. Okay. So I was the first to be made redundant. Right. In the meantime as well, my brother had actually moved back from England and um, is living in, he's still there, in Skibreen. So all the books and everything were actually down with John in okay. Skibreen. So John and myself had the intention that it would be, the business would be ours. Right. Um, when Dad retired, um, Dad never retired. Um, I was the first to go. Okay. Um, and I was the first to go in a most horrible time mm. um, of, for looking for a marketing job in Cork. Yeah. So this was what, around 2008 and nine, is it? This, really? yeah. Okay. It was... I think I know, 2000, no, yeah, 2009, 2010, I'd right. say. Yeah, okay. yeah. So it was right in the middle of it, really. Right. Um, so at that point, you had gone through a number of years working there. Mm, what were the key kind of, obviously, learnings from that that you feel now that maybe have stuck with you as you moved on to, before we get on to your next stage of your career, but um, like as you got that uh, running the business essentially was there mm. key takeaways from from that period to stick out yeah you know it's it's great to, to work for your family and be in as i call it a little comfort bubble but the only thing that about that is that you're not upskilled as you go mm. so as things changed um i wasn't trained let's say in digital marketing so the marketing side of things had changed right. so radically now i had I'd always had an interest in, you know, um, everything digital marketing, and I was kind of self-taught. Mm-hmm. Um, learning on the job, sort of. Learning stuff. on the job, but because I was in my little comfort bubble, mm. I was lost when I came out of it, right. out of the other side. Okay. So even if I would think I would say to anybody is that if you're in that kind of job, or if your employer or whoever they are doesn't have the funds even to to train you or to send you on training, go and do it for yourself. Mm. Don't think that, you know, staying where you are is that secure because anything could happen. And if you're not upskilled, then Mm. you might be left behind, which is exactly what was, what happened to me. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess advice I've been given is kind of think about having a plan B always. And 
and work on that and work go. on that and I guess as you said if if you're willing to put the money into your own training yeah you're probably much more likely to focus on it fully yeah. rather than it being sponsored by your company and absolutely you know, you're just away so no, that's, yeah that's good. And at this stage as well I had two small kids at home okay. you know um I have two daughters so um at the time there were only small little babies you right. know yeah, so yeah. it was you know tough finding day. time yeah it was tough it was tough yeah yeah exactly um so after that then I was um looking for work anything marketing um, here in Cork and it was the same thing as no no you don't have your digital uh, marketing skills but I said I'm self-taught but you know unless mm. they c- I was you see I was up against all the graduates mm. coming out of college who right. would have the knowledge and you know the people wouldn't have to pay highly for them and I think they see problem with my CV is that they see that I was working in a place for 11 years so right. they get to know roughly my age you know and they do you know it's it's common sense you kind of add it up yeah um so i accepted a job through jobbridge oh yeah very yeah. good we've used that in previous companies i've worked in as well yeah so yeah good, no uh, you know what it was uh, i was recommended uh for the job which was also very nice because okay. i actually went for an interview with a marketing company here in Cork. And she said, to be honest, maybe you're, you're very good, but this job isn't for you. And she was right. Mm. And she had put me forward for a job bridge um, position with the CUH charity, okay. which is the Cork University Hospital. Yeah. They were going through a change. Um, they were known as the Cork University Hospital Foundation. But if you even were to Google that online, the stories that would come up would be quite negative. Right. Um, misuse of funds, you know, things like that, which is unfortunate. Mm. So they needed a complete rehaul and yep. a rebrand. So I was brought in along with the, the manager at the time to uh, work with a PR company and get it rebranded. And I loved it. It was perfect for me. Mm. It was creative. I was writing content. I set up all the social media. Right. I helped with the website. Hmm. Even though we contracted somebody out to do a website and he did a great job, but I was the one putting the content mm. up after the PR company had done the main bit. Yeah. Um, and it was great. I loved it. So do you think what you would... Is this a combination of everything you learned in the past, maybe yeah. falling together? Absolutely. And you said, well, this is... Yeah. This, this is, is always what I wanted to do. It was a bit of everything. Yeah. It was, you know, working in the office, dealing with um, the funds, you know, the donations dealing with the public um, and then, you know, being by the computer and doing the social media and kind of showing that I can use my digital marketing self-taught mm. skills yeah. to create awareness, you know, and that's what charities want. They yeah. want the main thing about ha- um, working for a charity is that you have to create awareness right. and that awareness should then and hopefully turn into funds. Right. You know, you can't positive just... positive awareness of this. Absolutely, really. absolutely. So I loved it. Everything from the creative side of looking at different logos, mm. dealing with all the different departments within the CUH, which was hard to do because they had such a bad reputation, not the departments, but the charity. Yeah. I had such a bad reputation with all the departments in the CUH that we had to convince them that we're here now to stop all that. You know, you can trust us. And mm. that was a hard slog. How would you... How did you tackle that then to kind of get them on board and win the trust and, and here's the hook i used my own personal brand okay. <laughs> this wasn't pre-planned but well, i think i think instead of show showcasing from the start maybe what a company can do it's better to start showing with what the people can do 
Um, and that's what I learned Brilliant. from there. Um, and I found that, that they, they were coming to me, um, first and foremost, which was great mm-hmm. and to have chats and, you know, I was able to distinguish exactly what they wanted. Right. Um, and that was great. So they got to know me instead. And then, you know, and the manager at the time, Joe, and, you know, they got to know us and then realized, okay, well, they're the charity. Right. You cool. know, yeah. so it was great. Um, and then the job bridge came to an end. Hmm. And well, the funds, that's a typically a six or nine month sort of it, thing, was it? I took the six months okay. because there was a job promised to me at the end of it. But right. unfortunately, the funds never came in. Hmm. And so I volunteered for another year. Right. So, yeah, cool. I, I volunteered and um, st- because I loved it. Yeah. I did. And I you loved were learning it. stuff. And I was too. learning stuff and I tried to hold out as long as I could. Hmm. Until it came to a point that I felt I was kind of being taken for granted in a way. This right. is my own. It probably wasn't the case, but I just felt, I just said, okay, look, this is enough. Yeah. It was costing me money to go up and, sure. and pay for the parking yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in the CUH or, or whatever, you know. So um, I said enough is enough. And I am the type of person that always wants to learn. Mm-hmm. There's always something to learn. Mm-hmm. So I decided to go back to college. So I left up in the CUH and I went back to UCC. A mature student this time around. Mature, mature. Mature by yes. two, okay. Yes, yes, absolutely. Maybe this time around really mature. So. It was. Life experience is mature. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I went back to study and it was actually through the Springboard program. So if you were on social welfare that I was uh, for a certain period of time, there were certain courses, there still is, certain courses available to you that you can study and still get your social welfare payment so ucc is always one place that i wanted to go right i think it was probably because a nun said you'll never get into ucc (laughs) kind of thing so i said i'm gonna friggin' show you wrong um so yeah ucc was always one place i wanted to study so i even though i looked at the courses in cit as well and they were wonderful but the one that stood out to me in ucc was the masters in digital humanities okay and what digital humanities is, is that it is demonstrating how our culture has changed because of all things digital. Right. So even from how the kids are growing up, how we are even reading online. Mm-hmm. So think about it, you're on the Irish Examiner website, yeah. you know, catching up with the news. And here in English speaking countries, we automatically read left to right. Mm-hmm. So when you look at a screen your eyes will automatically be drawn to the top left corner of a screen Mm -hmm. to take you then over to the right. That's why ads are always placed on the top of the screen and on down the right-hand side of the screen. Because you see them last then as well. It lingers most on it, is it? Yeah, and you're distracted. Okay. So you might have the first line read and go, oh, yeah, there are those boots I saw. Oh, yeah, I like them. Or, you know... So it types into... connects into your psyche, psychology... That's it. How it all... Your habits and whatnot. Your habits so. and, yeah, you know, we are, it is the age. So you're saying we're age. being manipulated? Is that what you're saying there? As a marketeer, I can either no, comment or deny. Okay. <laughs> um, Just being shown the good stuff, basically. Like. That's it. Yeah. That's yeah. it. You know, and it, it, like that was one element. And then all the different tools. I never realized how many websites or tools, as we call them, are available to us online. Mm. Um in what way and what you can elaborate in tools? So. Yeah, to, as in digital tools, not just social media, but um, the likes of um, Canva. You know, have you heard of Canva? Mm-hmm. So if you're putting anything up on social media, you go to website canva.com and 
C-A-N-V-A. Okay. And um, you can develop presentations. I actually did my business card on it and logo cool. on it. Uh, for social media, it will give you the proper sizes for a Twitter post or a oh. Facebook post or an Instagram post. Oh. So that's one and it's completely free. Brilliant. Up to a point, obviously. But Yeah, you know, but it'll give you... But it'll yeah. give you a lot of it, tools. That's one. Right. And even then for digital art, that was another um, uh, subject that we had. And all the tools that you can just play around with, mm. you know. Um, even down to coding. So we did a bit of HTML and right. developing websites. And um, my God, it was just, it was endless. It was fabulous. You're learning new stuff every day. Learning so like, new stuff and even note taking. So even using Evernote mm-hmm. or OneNote or, you mm-hmm. know, um, why different browsers, you know, are, are different, you know, Firefox or Edge yeah. or, or, yeah. or yeah. whatever. And um, so I always had, I suppose, because I had two kids at home. When I went in, I had the intention of my thesis topic being, you know, how our digital culture culture has affected children. Okay. Which was grand, but it had been done to death already. Right. You know, it was. It, it was boring. Um, so one of my favorite subjects there was teaching. So I suppose it comes from the family. My dad was a teacher, yeah. you know, um, but it was the, the module um, online teaching. Uh, using digital tools so that was in semester one so coming up to christmas we had to do uh, our end of term assignment and that we had to develop a six or eight week blended no not no it didn't have to be blended but i made mine it had to be an online course so i remember about a week before it was due and i got on to my lecture my cosgrave and i said mike i have no idea what I'm doing, I loved the module. I was, you know, the reading, it was just yeah. opened my eyes about everything. But I said, I don't know what to pick it on. Mm-hmm. I have no idea. And he said, well, look at your own life. You know, your own life experience. Mm-hmm. I said, okay, I'll try that. So I think it was like three o'clock in the morning. I was drinking a load of coffee and ginger nut biscuits. Okay. And it dawned on me. And I was sitting upstairs. And at the end of my desktop screen was my CV. Mm-hmm. And I said, oh, God, yeah, I might update that while I'm here getting distracted. Mm-hmm. So I opened it up and I remember kind of saying, oh, you know, my CV isn't too bad, but it could probably do with my LinkedIn profile up there as well. Mm-hmm. So I put that up and then I actually went into the LinkedIn profile and started to update, update it. That, yeah. And then it dawned on me that I have actually been using social media tools for many years Um to promote my own skills, promote my own attributes, to kind of show what I can do mm-hmm. while I was looking for work. Yeah. So I suppose the marketing person behind me and the communications person was unknowingly developing a personal brand. Yeah. So I said, this is perfect. It just hit you. It yeah. just hit uh-huh. me. Yeah. People need to know this. People need to know how to use Twitter, how to use Facebook, how to use LinkedIn, blogging, which we had to do anyway for the course. Yeah. And I loved blogging because of my writer. Yeah, that yeah. instinct was coming out. So how we can use all those tools because they're so available to us mm-hmm. um, to really you know, enhance our digital footprint. Yeah. We all have a digital footprint. No matter what it is, mm-hmm. you might even have one and not know about it. Yeah. You could have been on the Evening Echo. You could have been on the paper. Mm-hmm. Even if, you know, you search where you work and there was an event, yeah. you'd come up on that. 
Everybody has one. But even if you can't find yourself, then there's something wrong there as well. Then why are you not? The question's why are you not online? Right. What are you trying to hide? Yeah. You know, so I said people need to know this. Mm-hmm. So I developed a eight-week online, actually blended course, because I feel that with this, you really need to get to know people. Okay. So I touched on the topics of developing a personal brand, why we should do it, statistics of how recruiters, it was actually aimed at job seekers because that mm-hmm. was my experience at the yeah, time, yeah, yeah. Uh, how recruiters actually search online. And do you know that 49% of recruiters will actually conduct a generic Google search before they'll call you for an interview? Mm. 62% of them will actually look at your Facebook profile. Mm. Yeah. So people need to know. Mm-hmm. So I developed that. So it was like presentation presentation skills and there's also tools like emails and prezi prezi's cool yeah yeah, yeah um yeah. and SlideShare from linkedin you know get away from the powerpoint yeah um that kind of way and canva actually you can see that uh, yeah, yeah um canva as well is another good one and mm. uh, as i've mentioned and um so it's all these different things that can really enhance your own persona to help you find a job career pr- progression if you're looking for that promotion uh, and that's what I based it on. Right. I'd gotten ninety eight percent, which was the highest he had ever ever awarded. What did you lose the two percent on? <laughs> Probably my spelling. Okay. I don't know. I don't know. Um, bad grammar. Right. I don't know. Right, right. Um, but oh, he loved it. Though. Yeah, he loved it. So this was the thesis. This no. This this, that, that this was module, my right? module, my yeah. teaching module. Okay. So that's how it's turned into the thesis. Yeah. I said, I'm onto something. Well, Mike had said it. He said, maybe you're onto something here. Yeah. You know, so it was, it was taking my knowledge of marketing and then taking the knowledge of that I was learning in UCC mm. and mm. blending them together. And, um, so I loved going up to the Boole Library and, um, accessing all the papers online, being surrounded by books. I still love books, actual paper yeah. books. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, you know, researching it all mm. and, the results that I found was that personal branding actually started way back in uh, the late 80s, early 90s by a management writer called Tom Peters. Right. And he said that we are all branded. So, um, and he was right. You know, it's, it, we are surrounded by brands, even the coffee, for example, you know, mm-hmm. or the TV that we buy, the car that you buy, yeah. which shop you'd go to, would you mm-hmm. go to Aldi or Lidl or Tesco, would it matter? Yeah. These are all brands, yeah. you know, um, and we are just surrounded by them. So we are branded. So then with the introduction of the internet and social media and things like WordPress, you know, blogging, we are able to use those tools to develop a personal brand mm-hmm. um, to really try and find ways to stand out. Mm-hmm. And make a standout. Mm. So even down to your CV, um, and you'd have your name on top and your details, mm. and then you'd have your email address. But let's say if you had your LinkedIn profile ready to click on, would you really read down the rest of your CV as a recruiter, or would you just click on that LinkedIn profile? Mm. You know, so it's little things like that. Mm. So. Um, loved researching it, realized that a couple of colleges over in the States actually had modules on personal branding, Okay. which now UCC have taken my one, which is great. So yeah, so I'm up teaching quite a lot in UCC, which is great. 
Just on the branding, and I just fascinated myself. So when you yeah. put your brand together, like, yeah. I think it goes back to you as a person or a, a person knowing who they are, yeah. right? When you're doing that, would would a part of it being, you know, them digging into what their personal values are and what their how they figure out who their, their identity is almost versus their it's, brand. Well, that's actually your brand is your identity. Your brand is your brand message. Mm-hmm. So you can package it just to showcase your professionalism. Right. You know, I always say to any client is keep your personal um, profile private. Right. But have the... So it's your professional brand? It's your professional brand. Okay. So it's basically from your education to right. your work history. Okay. The four Ws. The four Ws. Okay. The who... What, why, and where. Right. Who you are. Yeah. What you do. Who, what, why what you're you doing do. it. Mm-hmm. So it's your passion. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. everybody likes to hear that, you know, why you're, why you're still there. Yeah. But where you want to go. Okay. So you're taking that passion, but what are you doing with it? Right. And they're the four things that you should write even in a LinkedIn profile. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had clients that would copy and paste their CV and put it into the profile summary on LinkedIn. No, no, no. Mm. You know, people just want one, maybe two paragraphs. Yeah. It's almost like that 90 second elevator pitch Mm -hmm. where you get into that lift with somebody like Richard Branson Mm -hmm. and you've got 90 seconds to wow him. Yeah. You know, professionally, not a, (laughs) um, so it's basically that brand message. Right. So. I always make sure that everybody's very clear about who they are. Yep. And I suppose I learned this as well from my own past experiences of being told that you're hopeless, that you can't do this and you can't do that. I don't care what anybody else says anymore. Mm-hmm. You're the only person who should know who you are yeah. and what you can do. Mm-hmm. And that'll take you far. Yeah, I agree. I think once you have a purpose, yeah, no matter what it is and what you're reaching for, it everything feels so much more linear and directed once you kind yeah. of have an idea where you want to get to right absolutely so, yeah, absolutely that's, that's definitely yeah a good one. so what happened then in ucc was i was you know teaching all this in that uh, well i was writing it down and for my research i wanted to get an insight of the public and the public's perception of personal branding yeah so i put the call out in ucc and i was lucky enough that it was around to all active users, as in staff and and students. And I said, I'm doing a workshop on personal branding. Um, 20, you know, well, actually, no. Yeah, I've said 20, max of 20. Um, Respondents? Yeah. Okay. No, no, max of 20 um, participants. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and I had a, 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 I had a room um, cordoned off, and it was during exams and stuff as well. So I had gotten about 60 staff academics okay. up in UCC come back to me cool. and said, I want to go. Yeah, we need this. We yeah. totally need this. I had to do two workshops. Right. And the response I got was huge. Brilliant. So, and that's great data points then to help you. Well, that was it. Forward, it was, right? Yeah, it was the research of people's perception and also what they did afterwards as well. Mm. So it was, it was wonderful then for the thesis and the results and the, just the interest. So I said, and then afterwards I had an awful lot of people come to me and say, can you help me with this? Can you help me set up my own online persona? Because they were so tied to the UCC website. Yeah. You know, they wanted to start their own blog. They wanted to showcase all the other papers. The, on the UCC website, you're limited to the amount of papers that you can put up. Mm-hmm. But they wanted to really showcase 
what they had done and all their hard work, yeah. you know, and help their students as well, for example. So I had a lot of them come to me afterwards. But because I was still on social welfare, mm. I couldn't do that. You couldn't. I couldn't. So I had gotten onto the social welfare and I said, look, this is happening. I think I'm onto something. Mm-hmm. What can I do? Yeah. So they said, well, there's the back to work enterprise allowance. Okay. So I had to go to a talk um, out in the Cork City Partnership out at Blackpool. Right. And then once I had attended that talk, and it was about setting up your business, it was yeah. very handy. I'd recommend anybody Brilliant. to do it. Yeah. Um, you know, down from tax to promoting and, and kind of things like that. So once I had done that, they said, fine. Um, so for the first year, they still give you your full social welfare allowance. Okay. Um, your weekly one and that was great to help you get started so and did you have to set up your own company at this point then as i'm well, a sole trader so i just registered trader. the name registered. and went to the revenue yeah perfect. but it was the cork city partnership people helped me with all that great great yeah because i wouldn't have known yeah to yeah, be yeah. honest i wouldn't have known what to do no i had done the company register they'd helped me with the revenue right and um so once all that was in place i was ready to go so that was october 2015 right um so It was great. I had so many people come to me. Now, so in the meantime, those people up in UCC, I was helping but not being paid for. Yeah. Because I didn't, I knew it was going to be a process. Pro bono stuff, but it's your learning as well. But it was experience. Exactly, exactly. Um, So, yeah, it was wonderful. So I had the business cards done. I changed, you see, I had a website. Oh, yeah, here was the thing. I had to have a website called The Branding of Me for my thesis. Uh, where all the information from my thesis was up on the website. Okay. I couldn't take that down until November because it was still being graded. So all my research, all my results were actually up on the website that anybody could have taken. Okay. So I had to be very careful of how I was promoting myself. You didn't want it to be showing up on top of Google searches and whatnot. Exactly. Like, Like, here you go, start up your own business with all my research. Yeah, Yeah, please, go ahead. So I had to be very, very quiet. Generous. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I got word from UCC. I think it's the start of November. Okay, Maeve, you're graded. Take it down. So I rebranded the whole thing. Okay. Which was great fun. <laughs> you know, got my creative side out again. Yeah. So I took all the information down. Um, now, I did have a Creative Commons license on my information, but, you know, unfortunately, people could still take it. Yeah. Um, and I wouldn't know anything about it. So I had to rebrand everything and I took all the information down um, and um, just started to get to, to work and started getting my name out there. And I networked like that's, you know, that is one tip you have to do. You have to put in the hours mm. and get out there. Even if it's not the most comfortable thing to do. Yeah. Cause, you know, I know people uh, that may not in- naturally just want to go yeah. out there and but. But yeah. it's, it's essential, right? It's so, essential. It's yeah. no, do, And I actually even talk about networking skills mm. during a workshop. Cool. Um, because that was actually one thing that my dad always taught me. Dad would go to all the World Book conferences that would be throughout the world. He's right. travelled the world and back with these conferences. And he said that nobody will remember you if you sit there and do nothing. Sure. Yeah. Go up and say hello. So even if I would go to a conference, there was one in Kilkenny. I think I was about eight or ten. And um, Dad, there was women from Jamaica. So like even when I was that age, you know, these beautiful 
dark-skinned women coming in with the brightest of clothes with big huge shoulder pads and everything and they were they were loud and they were just so different to what i was ever used to seeing and dad said go up and say hello her name was diane and go up and say hello to diane i was like no no i don't think so Mm. no no go on up and say hello and i did and i still remember having a long conversation with her And, you know, having great fun. Yeah. So you don't know unless you actually try. Absolutely, yeah. Just put yourself out there. Just put yourself out there. So, yeah. So that was kind of the first year and I I joined the Chamber of Commerce, which were a great support. Okay. When you're starting, I did what was known as the business hub. So if you're starting up a business, you know, you go to four weeks and they have different people. Like one is sales, one is accounting and uh, marketing and and, Mm. um, just tying up everything and it was great actually it was very so it was part of that package and I got to know people going to all the events there as well and that was great so got my name out there um and always backed that up with social media Mm -hmm. so you can't network solely online and that's why I made that course that I did in UCC a blended one Mm -hmm. because you can't expect things to happen by only sitting in front of the computer yeah you have to get out there Mm -hmm. Because one thing that Stephen Ryan said uh, when he was marketing manager of Photo, now he's with Red FM, and he said it at uh, a network event that I went to, people love people. Mm. And that really stuck with me because it's so true. Right. We all like to hear stories about right. other people. Well, I'm, I'm hoping that's the case because this whole Absolutely. podcast will not go far if, if it doesn't. So I think I'm <laughs> on to something. I think you might be. Go, and, go and, and that's what it is. You know, People like to hear other people's stories. And you can do that a bit online, but you need to back it up. Mm-hmm. You know, you you need to get out there yeah. and, you know, show that you're not a robot, you know, yeah. sitting behind a computer of course. screen. Yeah, yeah. You know. And again, I think for you or for anybody probably trying to talk about branding and brand, yeah. help other people brand, it's mm-hmm. important to know how you branded yourself and your yeah. own story as well, because yeah. it adds credibility and yeah. all of that to it. So. And my story even ended up in the Evening Echo. Um of how I changed my life around and, you know, started the business. Yeah. You know, and I got an awful lot of traction from that. Mm. And, um, which is now actually even filtering up to, to Dublin. And I've met some great, I consider them friends now. Yeah. And mentors from businesses in Dublin. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of them is uh, Marissa Carter. Right. From Coco Brown. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So um, the girls will know this one. Um, yeah, I've heard of it for some... What did I, self that, uh, tanning. Was that on... Uh, she was Dragon on the Late Stand, Late. No, 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 she wasn't. No, okay, no, sorry. no. Um, she was on the Late Late Show a couple of weeks ago. I certainly don't know self-tanning products, <laughs> thankfully. But, thankfully. Uh, okay. <laughs> but um, she started her business four years ago. Only four years ago. Where she had her first child and came home... Um, was feeling a bit tired, so she said she'd go off and get a spray tan done just to make her feel a bit better. Yeah. yeah. And um, as as you do, yeah. you know. Um, so she went to bed and brought the child into the bed with her, which I would never do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when she woke up the, the following morning, her son, Charlie, was half covered in tan. Okay. Lovely. <laughs> yeah. So now Marissa is obviously, she, she's coming from a beauty background and she studies about beauty products and how to make them. So she went... And researched how to develop a one-hour tan. Okay, yeah. Since then, she has developed through her own personal brand and so and using social media with her own personal brand. Mm. She has grown and grown, you know. And she's over in Australia. She's in Denmark, and she's opening Brilliant. an office in New York. Wow! And along with the tan, she's different lines of tan. She has shampoos, and that's only in four years. Mm. 
that's explosive, right? So absolutely. And if her son didn't sleep in the bed at that night beside her, who knows what would have happened? Yeah, she probably just would have stuck yeah. with the beauty, um, beauty biz. Exactly. But it's those stories that people love to hear. So she's yeah. she's going around, you know, Ireland, you know, telling that story, yeah. and that is a unique story. That's what people remember, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And yeah, she's, yeah. you know, so she she has, you know, I speak to her on Snapchat. That's how we kind of got friendly, which is one tool I never thought I'd use. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it's the world is just is is opening up through social media, yeah, as well. Sure. And so, if you don't have your brand on there, okay, you're missing out. You might have to connect me with that lady to have a <laughs> conversation at some point. Believe it or not, we're at fifty six minutes. There right? you go. So, now I do um, talk a lot. No, but there's been lots of good stuff coming out of there. I do want to maybe spend a few minutes just on a few other questions, just go to on. kind of get nuggets, learnings okay. that you might have. So, like you're. Technically, about 18 months in since yeah. the company is up. Yeah. What has been the biggest challenges during that time? Um, not giving up. I don't know how many times, especially in the first year, I turned to my husband, Brian, and say, Brian, that's it, I'm done. I can't do it. It's just it's too much. Because don't expect money to come in in the first year. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> just yeah. don't. Use the first year to get the name out there. Mm. And people's, you know, I suppose that's why even the social welfare give you those two years yeah. you know to set up your business because you'll need it mm. so um yeah and because i had also started the business with no funds behind me i had no capital right. this just happened yeah you know and because i was on social welfare uh for so long you know we didn't all of our savings were gone you know sure just like many many other people yeah but this was an opportunity i couldn't let go yeah, yeah, yeah. I couldn't let go of. So just don't give up. Just keep going. Because I'm finding the results are coming now in the second year. And, you know, I actually have meetings lined up all this week. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and um, and that's the way it's going. Cool. Yeah. 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 No, like I've heard of people saying the first two or three years can be, yeah. you know, don't expect anything really no. to happen till after that yeah. period of time. Yeah. And, uh, stick it's just, with it. Yeah. Like, it's just know. now that I'm, I could say I'm nearly breaking even. Yeah. You know. And that's yeah. good. That's that's progress. Yeah, but you're sort of learning so much as well. Well, that's what During it is. that period, if you haven't ran fully your own business before, I know yeah. you've been involved in your dad's, but uh, yeah, mm. so I think your resilience is obvious because you've been touching on that the whole way through, yeah. you know, in other areas. So that that's yeah. very good. How do you manage the old work-life balance? So oh, that's knowing, hard. Knowing that yeah, I've got emails from you at 10 or 11 on a Sunday night, so that's kind of... <laughs> it's, yeah, it's 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 a juggle. But, um, so I try and get a lot of work done between nine in the morning and two o'clock in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. Then most of, if I don't have anything on, the mommy hat would go on then. So pick up the kids from school right. and, um, make the dinner, do the homework, send them to bed and then work again. Okay. Send them to bed at like about five o'clock in the evening. Is it? Oh God, I nearly have to start <laughs> it at five o'clock to get them to bed with two girls who talk the entire okay. night. Or right. no, mom, I want to watch Dancing with the Stars again. Okay. Um, <laughs> so it's tough, but... It's tough, but you know, you learn to manage your time. Yeah. And my mom and dad are only still around the corner. So okay. um, they're great at taking the kids if I ever need to. Um, like I'm going to the Dublin Tech Summit next yeah. week. Okay, cool. Which I'm really looking forward to. So... All hands on deck for that one. Right. But yeah. What so from a productivity, do you use any kind of tools or techniques to to manage all of that? Like so, you know, what what would you use for I found Evernote and I found that now in college as well. Fabulous. Right. A fabulous tool. Any article that I would find online that I want to share, 
you know, on a newsletter or, you know, for scheduling my posts, you know, I put it on Evernote. Mm-hmm. You can put, uh, and then um, I'd hook it up then with my Outlook, um, which I just upgraded to Exchange. So I, okay. it, that's opening a lot of doors for me as yeah. well. So basically, you know, write everything down where you need to be at this time. And then if you look at it, then you're able to plan that little bit better. Uh, you know, like presentation, that presentation needs to be done or I need to do an audit for this client or because that's what I do as well. I, I uh, conduct audits on online presence for okay. clients to okay. see where they stand to strategically yeah. report right. of what they can do with that. Okay. Um, so all that takes time. Yeah. You know, I don't like doing a job or finishing a job that's half done or not fully done. It right. needs to be fully done. Because then you can say, that's another one off the list. Yeah. Even my dad used to always do this, and I probably got that from him, is write down a list of everything that needs to be done, either for that day or for the next two days or for the week. And when you see them actually being ticked off, you feel a bit better yeah. because you know that it's done. So I've got apps on my phone or I've got the Evernote or you know the tasks and just seeing them being crossed out or ticked off. That's a hit of dopamine, I think they call that. It, it is, it's true, you get that, uh, there's that chemical that when you do something productive yeah. and you feel good about it, it's like a little bit of a boost. So. You know, it is, and it keeps yeah. you going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It does, it keeps yeah. you going. Yeah. It's, it's an addictive type thing. I, so. It is a bit, but it works. Um, when you think of uh, success, is there any one or anything that comes into mind? Well, Marissa. I think Marissa Carter from Coco Brown. Okay. Another girl boss. Um, girl yeah. Girl. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That was actually one of your questions, wasn't it? About influencers. Yes, when I was, influencers. And I, yeah. and I said you'd laugh actually if you'd asked me that question. Spice Girls? Yes. Oh God. <laughs> You're right, I am laughing. That's not in a bad way though. But that's you know, another one is Victoria Beckham. Okay. Now yeah, I know yeah. she had a load of money behind her and she had her own brand anyways. Yeah. But... She could have been told to f off with I'm sure the she clothes. Probably was that's a lot of times, she, yeah, that's she probably was. But like when she went from being a pop star to bringing out a line of clothes, and it was only ten dresses that she did at the start. Mm-hmm. And I remember she even said it herself. It was like I'm so scared that they're going to say that they're hopeless. They're like black bags. Yeah. But look at her now. Yeah. So she's just probably making more money than David is now at this stage. I would say I would so. Say so yeah. yeah, I would say so. So yeah. I mean, just looking at people like that you know and what they can achieve yeah she was definitely my favorite spice girl yeah yeah. um (laughs) what what would be if you look back on any kind of major mistakes you might have made that you've taken the most learning from even in the last last period of time or just Mm. in general that that somebody could be in your shoes right now and they're kind of going through something similar that they could i suppose basically and it does go back to school and saying that I was hopeless and you know downing my own confidence Mm. the only person that can uh, make you feel bad um, is probably yourself absolutely you know in that people can say hurtful things about you all they want but it's how you take it and how you roll with it yeah is what will make you drive Mm. you know yeah no I think that is so true yeah absolutely um what else last one or two uh don't want to, to keep it going for too much longer. Um, so if you look back on your, I think you've probably answered, but if you look back to your 20-year-old self, yeah, what would uh, what advice would you give to that 20-year-old? Stop watching so much TV and get out there. Okay. 
So you were yeah. a TV addict. In the I was. Okay. I was. I don't. Yeah. I presume you don't really get a chance to watch it at all nowadays. Um, Netflix. Netflix is great. You know, in bed maybe. You know, after but see, staring at screens again, isn't it? You have to try and get away from staring at screens. But yeah, kind of. You know, I'd have the Crown. I loved that and watched all that. And um, there's a new one on Netflix called Designated Survivor with Kiefer Sutherland. All right. And just finished that first season and the okay. next one is on March. Check that out. That's fabulous. Okay. That's answering a, a TV show there question that I had. Yeah, there um, you go. Books. You read a lot of books? and what book It's been a you... long while since I've read a really? book. A long while. And I was a bit of a slow reader. <laughs> um, but oh, the last book I read cover to cover in a weekend was Sheryl Sandberg's Lean In. Lean In, yeah. That I was, a, it, that I, was a, I read that at the start when I was kind of starting the business. Mm. And I probably had more time to kill um, in a way because I didn't know exactly what I was meant to be doing. But that book was amazing. Cool. Inspirational, is it Absolutely. just? Absolutely. Uh, because I think as, as women, we do tend to put ourselves down an awful lot more. It's the same even from, I see my girls in primary school. You know, they do, you know... You do put yourself down and you harbour those thoughts for a long while. Mm. Whereas guys, am I right in saying this? Guys would kind of go, yeah, okay, whatever, and maybe get on with it. Mm. Or go out for a run or go and punch something. Yeah. And I think, I think as you maybe, I don't know, everybody's different. Obviously. Everybody's different. You get different. older and you realise stuff doesn't, you know, what yeah. you're thinking doesn't automatically become reality. Yeah. I, I've, I've listened to a lot of podcasts and they said you are not what you think. Uh, which is important. Oh, know? I know that one. Yeah, I'm yeah. not sure who said it, but it's... Uh, yeah, yeah, I think I know that one. It's trying to detach from all of that. So, yeah. That's it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, my last blog post there I did was actually about my older daughter, who's 11. And she came home one day and said, Mom, I don't feel like myself around... I can't act like myself around my friends. Mm. And it really struck a nerve at me because I knew exactly where she was coming from. Yeah. And I suppose all girls do. You know, and all women do from some point um, of their lives. And um, what we need to do, and basically what I said to Orla, and excuse my cursing, but it was, you know, it was the only way that I could kind of say to her is that nobody gives a shit about you. Yeah. Nobody really gives a shit. Okay. You could walk down the road with pink hair and platform heels or dress up like a Spice Girl. Mm-hmm. They would probably look at you and go, okay. And then be distracted with something else 10 minutes, minutes later, later yeah, they yeah. will forget it yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so the only people who will really care about you are the people that will matter mm-hmm. so if she was hanging around which she was hanging around now there were lovely girls mm-hmm. they just weren't for her yeah. okay they were doing things that I knew weren't for her and um, you know she kind of realised that friends are not friends if you can't be yourself mm-hmm. and be true to yourself and be authentic and she realizes this at 11 she's she is well i don't know if she has but i'm <laughs> no, but trying it's a to... good it's a good kind of view to, to yeah. start developing absolutely absolutely because i was bullied you know a bit um until i basically told him to fuck off yeah. <laughs> um i learned it took me long enough it mm. took me long enough and um i suppose i learned that as well um but i suppose as well, I'm also learning that this really is true that about people who matter. Mm-hmm. In that, because I'm going around telling my clients and telling undergrads in UCC in that you are unique. Nobody else is the same as you. Yeah. So you have to really, that is your USP. 
you know, your uniqueness. Yeah. That what that is what makes you stand out from everybody else. Yeah. And if people can't handle that, mm. then they're not worth your time. Yeah. You know, only surround yourself with people who matter. Mm-hmm. Surround yourself with people who know you and know what you're capable of. Mm-hmm. And I have made an awful lot of new friends since I've started my business. Mm-hmm. I suppose because I have the confidence to actually, you know, go out there and tell people who I am. Yeah. And if they can't handle it, then that's yeah. their loss. Absolutely, yeah. The confidence thing is so important, I think. Absolutely, if, you know, yeah. Give a shit too much that's holding you back. Yeah. Stuff would have held me back. You know, yeah. and going out there and doing this is making me feel ten times better than there you, you go. Know. So, um, I think on that very positive <laughs> note, that's a good way to end. I think. Uh, can you talk maybe just a little bit about the site and how people can get in yeah, touch with you? Absolutely, for all those many thousands that will be listening in. <laughs> the um, website is thebrandingofme.ie. Um, I'm, I'm all over social media. So as, as just, expected. Yeah, so, so so search the branding of me. Uh, I'm on Snapchat, one thing I never thought I'd use. My goddaughter got me on Snapchat, so yeah. There you go. Yeah. Well, there we will follow each other Connect there. So there. on that, so uh, um, I made a her O'Neill on that with one L because it wouldn't allow me the two. Okay. The reason there is actually a story as well, actually between between or for the Maeve her and O'Neill bit. Okay. Do you want to know? Yes. Okay, I know we're running out of time. If you search Maeve Hearn, you will get me, okay? But you will also get other people up the country and people around the world. If you search Maeve O'Neill, same thing. Yes. I will pop up, but you'll also get other people. Oh, yeah. If you search Maeve Hearn O'Neill, because people knew me as Maeve Hearn from when I worked with Dad. Yeah. And the O'Neill bit is to keep the husband happy. Yes. But it also makes me stand out from everybody else. Because Perfect. if you search Maeve Hearn O'Neill, the whole page will be mine. Brilliant. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, my obviously second name is O'Donoghue with a G, so that's why I put Rob of the Green on my website because yeah. people would just not get the G and never have or added it, and yeah, yeah so okay. I'm not going into my multiple other names. We'll yeah. leave it at that. So yeah, that's brilliant. Thank you. Very Thank much. you so much. Um, it was a good journey. I still feel that we didn't even cover everything. <laughs> There's a lot. Which kind of is great. Well, if but people scary. want to know more about me, they can get in touch. Yeah. And uh, sure, maybe we'll do a second one in yeah, a year's time when we're yeah, both you catch know, up. on a massive trajectory to stardom. So thanks a million, Maeve. Thank you very much. I really much. appreciate it. Uh, that's the end of another show. Thanks for listening in. Hey folks, so if you're at this point, it means you got to the end of one of my episodes. Thank you for listening. It's uh, it's great that you took the time to do so and I hope you got something out of it. So I'm just going to wrap it up with a shout out for feedback. As you know, the show is pretty new and it's just growing, evolving and your feedback is really important to me as I try and improve the show, make it 1% better. So please Get in touch with feedback, with questions that you may like me to put to guests in the future. Do you have a guest in mind that would be uh, really interesting to have on the show? Please let me know. Are there things that I could improve on? Are there things that are working? And are there things that are not working? Even more so important. I'd love to hear about it. I'm very open to feedback. So do please take a couple of minutes to get in touch. How can you do this? You can email me rob at robofthegreen.ie the comments section on the website go there that's www.robofthegreen.ie and there's a feedback page i'm on twitter the handle is at robofthegreen i'm on instagram robofthegreen facebook there's a page called robofthegreen and if you're in cork and see me out and about 
please feel free to give me feedback verbally. Ideally positive or constructive. If it's of a violent or negative nature, either mental or physical, please refrain from, from that. I don't think that would uh, would be good. But um, all the other stuff I'm, I'm very open to. And the show is on iTunes and Stitcher, so it'd be great if you subscribe there so you'll constantly get updated episodes when I roll them out. So look, that's it. Thanks again for listening. I hope you have a great day and implement some of the learnings in your everyday lives. Thanks so much. Bye.